Are you learning something about the kingdom? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because that's what Jesus was sent to leave us to teach in case we did not know that. That's, that was the whole plan. And we're going to talk some more about that this morning. See, because Jesus never joined the sect of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He never became a part of a religious organization. He never started religion. He didn't even start Christianity. He started the church. Or he restarted the church. The church began in Adam. And Adam, we'll talk a little bit, but, you know, as you, you're going to see this thing unfold. And this is why the kingdom has to be taught. Because one thing we need to understand, man had lost sight of what it was like to connect and to work with a king that really loved them. See, man had been oppressed and suppressed by demonic dictatorship for so long, they had lost sight of a loving king. And you can be so oppressed so long, you don't understand the goodness of God. It's beyond your mentality. But the kingdom has to be taught because God is still good. Whether you experience it or not, God is good. Hallelujah. This is why we have to preach the kingdom. And speaking of that, go to Matthew 4, verse 23. And let's, let's see what Jesus did, first of all. And then I'm going to go back to the beginning of some things, and we're going to see how it all come together. And Jesus went about all Galilee. Are you there? Matthew 4, 23. Teaching in their synagogues. Wait a minute. Teaching in, and preaching. He didn't go to learn what they were teaching. He went to their synagogues doing what? Preaching the gospel of the what? Kingdom. And healing all manner of disease among the people. He didn't go there to adapt to what they were teaching. He was bringing the kingdom to them. Woo, Jesus. Look at Matthew 9, verse 35, while you're in that same book. Matthew 9, 35. <laughs> it just reiterated again. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, now he's talking to us. He's talking to his disciples. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we're not supposed to get a new message. Then he told, he gave us an instruction. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. He told you, do the same thing, say the same thing that he was doing. Teach the same thing he was teaching. Oh, Jesus. It shouldn't be so many uh, different opinions and dogmas and denominations. The only reason we have these divided places is because we don't all teach the same thing. And it's not about color or anything else. It's about doctrines of men that we have adapted to. Mm. And we call that the gospel, but it's not. Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom. Somebody read that out loud for me. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. You see why God not ready to come yet? Because the gospel is not, the kingdom is not being preached. Now, we have segmented things, and we teach, and they should be taught. Don't get me wrong. I think they're called, if I had to put a name to it, I would call them skill classes, where you learn about faith, where you learn about healing. You got these, are, I would call those skill classes. But the kingdom has to be taught. 
and a lot of churches have got away from the kingdom. So this morning, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to take you from the beginning up to where we are today. And then on next time that the Lord say the same, we're going to talk about the kingdom and the church. So you don't want to miss that. You want to be here next Sunday. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Number one, the original plan of God was to extend or expand his heavenly kingdom on the planet called Earth. Come on, say it, say it after me. The original plan of God was to extend or expand his heavenly kingdom on this planet called Earth. You got it? Number two, God's intent was to create a family of children to accomplish this for him on earth. See, God's intent was to have a family. See, God wasn't trying to come and live in the earth himself. He already had a place. It's called the third heaven. He already has his kingdom set up. He wanted his kingdom to expand to the planet Earth. And he needed his family to help him do it. You got it? So now we see where man comes in because God needs a family. So he has to create a family. Now he has a need for man. Oh, Jesus. That alone will preach. And number three, God's strategy was to fill his family or his children with his spirit or himself. Why? So that they would stay connected to heaven. Oh, you got to hear this one because this is good. So in order to, to dominate the earth, they had to remain connected to heaven. So through his children, the kingdom would expand. Now the key, said the key, to the kingdom coming to earth is their connection to the Holy Spirit. Because that's who comes and lives on the inside. That's who God is. God was going to breathe and put himself in his children. Remember, his family is to be filled with his spirit. So this key, the key connection is the Holy Spirit. You can find that in Genesis 2, verse 7. We're not going to read that today. Now, once man is in the earth and God begins to look at them and he says, God already knows that God already, already knows. The assignment of mankind. And guess what? He didn't change his mind. The original assignment for mankind was to do what? Expand the kingdom of heaven on the planet earth. Got it? So the first assignment that God gave his children was to have dominion over the planet earth. He had to establish dominion in them so they could operate like him. You can't ask an ambassador to go to another country and not have the same, say the same, power that you have. The Bible is going to come clearer to you when you understand the kingdom. The scriptures you've been reading that seem like just been inserted, they're going to come alive to you. Woo, Jesus. You can find that in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. Let's go read that. Turn your Bible to Genesis 1, verse 26. When you have it, say, I have it. And God said, let us make man in our image. Who is he talking about when he said let us? Is he talking to the Holy Spirit? 
Let us make men in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cow, and over all the earth. Oh, you see that? Man was to dominate the earth, the sea, the sky, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Somebody say dominion. Who have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing. That moveth upon the earth. That's what he t- he said. I want you to have dominion because that's how you're gonna expand the kingdom. You can't have you can't do it without dominion. Mm. One translation says it like this. Now let us conceive a new creation, humanity, made in our image, fashioned according to our likeness. And let us grant them authority over all the earth, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the domesticated animals and the small creeping creatures on the earth. So God did just that. He created mankind in his image, created them male and female. Then God blessed them and gave them this directive, be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth. I make you trustees, somebody say trustees, of my estate. So care for my creation and rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that roams across the earth. Woo! And then God says in verse 28, here's how I want, say how. Say here's how. I want you to dominate. I want you to first be fruitful. In other words, become productive. Fruitful is not just having babies. That's what we were taught coming up. So it looked like the people in the church were trying to have as many babies as they could. And I mean, I ain't got nothing against that, but that's what was taught. That is not what he's talking about here. He's talking about you need to find out your productivity. And then become that. Become that. He says, first be fruitful and become productive. Then expand what I've begun in you. What I began for you. In other words, God says, I'm going to start something in you, but you got to work it out. If I put it in you, you got to work it out. If I give you a job and make you the supervisor, I'm not supposed to have to be there all the time, right? I am there in my presence by the spirit, but I'm not supposed to have to be around you 24-7 for you to get a job done. Because I've given you what? Dominion. You're supposed to operate like me. And because you have dominion, there is no such thing as you don't have authority over what's coming against you. Because you have dominion. So he says, then I want you to multiply your fruitfulness. Reproduce your productivity in someone else. See, as they populate, they were supposed to create, they're supposed to have something. Parents, this is why it's so important that you all will learn to work together. Have something that your children can look at and say, that's a benchmark. And they can have a jump off point where they can go and become better. Because each generation is supposed to be better and stronger than the previous one. But parents, if you don't set a benchmark for them, what do they have as a reference point to even get started? He told him, says, take your productivity and transfer it to the next generation. Mm. Children are not supposed to grow up not knowing where they've been born for. Parents are lazy and they're not connected to the kingdom mindset. So they let children grow up and get old. And still don't know why they on the earth. 
They get born again and then be taught a religious idea that you're supposed to struggle as a Christian. When you got dominion over the devil. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. He says, not only reproduce your productivity in someone else, but then distribute it or make a market your productivity. Be, make it marketable. He's teaching them finances. This script is really telling them how to get into the marketplace. But we've been so lazy as Christians, we think everything is a sin. I can remember we was, when I was coming up, you couldn't even play certain sports because the church thought they were sins. Football was a sin. Now, you know why I didn't care much for sports? Because that's the way we were raised. I had to learn to like sports because of my husband. He said, I, you know, even though I, had, I, you know, I hadn't done it, I wasn't really thinking of it, but it was in my conscious mind, it was in my subconscious mind that certain things were a sin because that's what we were taught. And we focused on the stuff, never was taught the kingdom. You was always taught of what you couldn't do. And then one day I asked the question, well, what can I do? And you're standing still because you don't know the answer. That's where I found myself. I didn't know the answer. What can I do? Besides, I know I'm born again, but what can I do? He says, not only make yourself marketable, I want you to subdue or corner the market. Take over the market. It's time for the church to rise up and take over the marketplace. I don't care. And you see, what we do, we go and connect with sinners a lot of time. No, God got a way of getting you out there and you ain't got to, like my mama used to say, you don't have to bow the bell to get your need met. There's a way to live holy. There are some honest and Christian musicians that need to get out there into that field and win the world back, win this thing over, take over the marketplace. It bothers me when I see Christian artists and they start out strong and they think, you know, they got to hook up with everybody because they're trying to sell a CD. And next thing you know, they're struggling spiritually because their connection is weakened. You can't take the anointing of the world and the anointing of, the, uh, of, the, of God and mix it together. Because God talks about that old time, this strange anointing. You can't commingle and stay strong. Now you're supposed to go into that field and win them, not become them. Not compromise. Ooh, Jesus. He says, I want you to go and subdue, because that word subdue actually means to take over or corner the market. This is when you will recognize your dominion, when you get up and become pro productive. Most people don't recognize their dominion because they have nothing going on in their lives that will create dominion out of them. Mm. All right, let's go to the next point. The fall of man was not a fall from heaven. You might want to write that one down because that was an erroneous teaching too. Man got to be going back to heaven. Man was never in heaven. Oh, Jesus. The, I said again, the fall of man was not a fall from heaven, but a fall from dominion. This is important to know because religion has taught us that man fell from heaven. And then I put in my notes, can I make a statement to you? And you handle it correctly. Okay? Man was never in heaven. And he was never designed to live in heaven. God always made him to dominate the earth. And even though we might leave the earth when the rapture takes place, where are we coming back? We're going to come right back to the new earth. Because this is where God made you. So you might as well get practice in dominating this earth right now. 
Because if you plan on being with Jesus for the rest of your life, you're going to have to learn how to dominate. Because this is what the assignment. God has never changed his assignment for mankind. You see what you see what's missing? This is why people can't get it right. This is why erroneous doctrines come up because people never connect the kingdom with all the skill classes they're having. And you can get it wrong trying to focus on one class. The kingdom has to be taught. Because until you understand you have dominion, faith is not much good to you. Until you understand that you were created to dominate the earth. And the things that we let happen in this earth is on our watch. And we have the power to make a difference in this earth. Because that's what we were created to do. But if you taught that the government belongs to the world, then the government will never get right because we keep voting in sinners. We keep voting in people that are deprived in their, depraved rather in their thinking. Because we think that government belongs to the sinners. I know I'm teaching better than you clapping, but that's all right. Because the church moved out of the government. When we are the government of the earth. And until you take that rightful position, it's a lot of things about your born again you're not going to understand nor have access to. Because we were born to govern. We got to stop being afraid. Nobody asked you to be a politician. Politicians are businessmen with a license to promote something. They all got their agenda. That'll make them good governors. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about a governor of a state, but that'll make them good people over the earth. Mm-hmm. So God's strategy, the purpose and goals of God. Oh, I'm, 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 oh, we move, you move, you move. Don't do that. So we see the Bible says that man was formed of the dust of the earth, and earth is where God intended for man to rule. This is why you came out of the place that you're going to stay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So man fell from the assignment of having dominion over the earth. So he didn't fall from heaven. He fell from dominion. Because he was never in heaven. Mm. Point, next point. The purpose and goal of God's redemption plan. Now we all we, we up to the redemption plan. Was to restore or put man back to where he fell from. Since man lost dominion when he disobeyed God, according to Genesis chapter 3, God's strategy to restore that, God's strategy to restore dominion was to come himself and pay the redemptive price. Okay, we saw the need of man. Now we see man fall from dominion. Now, in order for a man to regain his dominion, God has to come himself and pay the redemptive. That's the strategy God came up with. Aren't you glad he had that strategy? He came, and he came in a physical body, and the body was called who? Jesus. But the spirit in Jesus was called Christ. Christ is not his last name. Christ denotes Jesus' assignment. And Christ means the anointed one. I'm bringing back dominion, which is anointing. I'm bringing back the anointing. Hallelujah. So God came in Christ to reconnect or to restore man back to dominion. Now, answer, here's the question. What is the key to man having dominion over the earth for God? 
I said it to you earlier. You forgot that quick? The Holy Spirit. He's the key. That's why it's Jesus, the anointed one. Jesus Christ. The restorer of the anointing. See, when man disobeyed God, the Holy Spirit left the spirit of man, which means heaven is no longer connected to earth. This also means that the children were no longer in touch with their father. How many of you had your children and they wouldn't talk to you? After you brought them in the world, then they don't want to be bothered with you. Because of a misunderstanding. Because they did something dumb. And instead of coming to you, they ran away from you. Mm -hmm. Which means if they were not in touch with their father, they could no longer carry out the original assignment, which is what? To have dominion over the planet Earth. So now if man no longer has dominion, he has no connection to the father, he can't hear from God because now he's blind, deaf, and dumb spiritually. Mm. <laughs> See, the ultimate goal of Jesus was to reintroduce, say reintroduce, the Holy Spirit back to man. Because that is the connector. He's the connector to, from man to heaven. The Holy Spirit is the connector. He's the divine connector. But the problem with God's plan is that the Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit. And the children are now unholy. <laughs> Look at Luke chapter 5, <laughs> verse 37. And this scripture, I used to read it when I was a young Christian and couldn't seem to make sense to me at all. But it's very, very plain. And it's going to come clear to you today. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled and the bottles shall perish. <laughs> Are y'all getting it? In other words, God can't put the Holy Spirit in an unholy vessel. Something has to be done. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desires the new. See, because if you've never experienced the new, then you said the old is still all right. This is why we got a lot of born-again people have never experienced praying in tongues. And they said they're all right, but you're not. You're missing a key element of your development. You're missing the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you're living by your feelings and not by faith. Woo, Jesus. So the new, in order for the new wine or the wine of God, who is the Holy Spirit, to get into this unholy vessel, something has to be done. So God has to make the unholy children holy again so he can put his spirit into man again. Thus the original plan can continue. Because God didn't change. Say God didn't change his plan for man. I am designed, say it, to dominate the earth. Now, in order to accomplish his plan, this would mean he would have to clean the children up. And that called for the necessity of blood. Woo. And according to the constitution of our kingdom, it states that without the shedding of blood... There is no remission of sins. Hebrews 9, 22. And almost all things are 
by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Mm. So according to the constitution of the kingdom, unless there's some bloodshed, sins cannot be done away with. Sin will be here. Now the blood that it would take to get rid of sin can't just be anybody's blood. The blood had to be qualified and pure to pay the debt of sin. I told you, I'll tell you from the beginning to bring you up to where, and next week we're going to talk about the kingdom and the church. So this blood could not come from fallen man. His blood was already tainted with sin. And there could be no sin in, or in the blood in order to get rid of sin. Sin can't cancel out sin. So religion can't cancel out sin. You can go to church for the next 40 years and never be born again. You go to a building, rather, because the building is not the church. You are the church. And there could be no sin forgiven because it's not taught. The kingdom is not being taught. And because their blood, that it had to be so particular, and the regular man could not, we could not use his blood because it was tainted. That created the necessity for the virgin birth. <laughs> Ooh, look at our God. He was doing all this to get Jesus into the earth so we could get our dominion back. You ought to be ashamed of yourself with your lazy self. Sitting on all that power and doing nothing but complaining. Complaining about the government, complaining about the gas, complaining about food, complaining about your family. You just complain, 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 complain. When you're going to dominate the mess. The virgin birth became necessary so that man would not disqualify the blood. Mary had to conceive a baby without a man. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Who is the divine connector? The Holy Spirit. He's there again. So the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she conceived the miracle seed of the word directly from God and that seed was implanted in her and that seed became a man and that man was called who? Jesus the Christ. The restorer of the anointing. Good news! The kingdom is at hand. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Are you ready for what I'm getting ready to say to you? You say, I don't know what you're getting ready to say. Just say, okay. okay. All right, you asked for it. Jesus' coming to the earth was not primarily to just die on the cross. That's an erroneous teaching. We have personified the cross and diminished the kingdom. Should we not talk about the cross? Oh, you should. That's how people get born again. Then you got to get them to understand. But I believe, say pastor believe, if we teach more of the kingdom, people will understand who they are and get born again because of the kingdom. Not because you scare them that they're going to hell if they don't accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Jesus coming to the earth was not primarily to just die on the cross. The cross was not his major goal. Hold on. Okay, stay put. I know, I know I'm messing with your religious beliefs. Yeah, that's what I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill a sacred cow. Because Jesus didn't come. All right. The cross is where religion has kept the church. And we don't know nothing else but the cross. And everything else about the kingdom is a mystery. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jesus. We have not moved from the cross since the new birth. Listen, I am not diminishing. Let's get this straight. I am not diminishing the cross by any stretch of the imagination. But what I am saying is the cross was a means, not the end. It was a means, just like your car is a vehicle that got you here today. It's not everything for you. You used it because it was necessary. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. The cross was necessary. But we got to get away from the cross. Get to the kingdom. Oh, Jesus. This is why, and I'm talking to pastors in particular, you must teach the kingdom to your congregation. You're going to be held accountable for not teaching the truth about the kingdom. You're standing in an officer position. And there's no such thing as you can't learn it. If you get hungry enough, you'll, you'll find it. He'll feel you. Because the body of Christ is suffering. Because they don't know why Jesus came beyond getting born again. We get fragments, yes. Oh, we're going to prosper. Yes, we prosperous. To do what? What, you going to be prosperous to do what? To stay in your chair a little bit longer? Take care of just your family? You see how so much of the kingdom is missing? And when you get skilled classes without kingdom teaching, it's imbalanced. This is why you got to have both. Ooh, Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. We get born again and the rest of the kingdom remains a mystery. Go to Mark. Chapter 4, verse 11. Are you learning this morning? That's the whole purpose. Because we're learning together. As the Lord reveals to me, I'll reveal it to you. You know, but see, when, I, when the Lord started me on this, I guess it's been about four or five years ago. I didn't know where I was going to. I know he was just showing me. Because I became so hungry. I wanted to know more than what I understood. And it's like, I'm tithing, I'm giving, I'm, belo- I'm doing this. I-, I know I'm doing this right. And Lord, I ain't got no sin in my life that I know about. Why is this not happening like this? Because I wasn't thinking kingdom. I thought I was. I had heard some teaching on kingdom. But until you hunger and thirst for the kingdom... It remains a mystery. It's when I got hungry and I became thirsty to know what it takes to succeed. He began to reveal to me. Amen. Are you there? Mark 4, 11. And he said unto them, unto you, say unto me. It is given to know the mystery of the kingdom. So it's not supposed to remain a mystery. Is only hid from those that are on the outside. God not trying to hide the kingdom from you. But you must hunger and thirst for it. Mm. One uh, translation said, Jesus, God has let you in on the inside story regarding the workings of the kingdom. The hidden meanings. But the crowds, he says, I teach them in parables. Because he said, when you got a mixed crowd, he said, you can't teach some things about the kingdom. It'll make you sound crazy. And some of you have tried to teach people that think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 1, 9, verse verse 9 and 10. Having made known unto us the mystery. Somebody say the mystery. Now we're in the New Testament. And having made known unto us, the believers, the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself. Where is it hid? 
in him. So the more I know about him, the more I know about the will, the mystery. I know more about the kingdom. And who is the kingdom? God is the kingdom. He's the king. He made all the rules. So why, why am I asking somebody that don't know anything about the kingdom what God wanted to do for me? Okay. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him. Oh. So, so there, there's a, a, a great mystery at the center of his will. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. And we made it so difficult. But it's not that difficult. It's because we are not looking at it from the kingdom. And it says, in verse 10, I'm going to read this out of another translation. A plan that will climax when the time is right, as he returns to create order and unity both in heaven and on earth, because he's trying to reunite heaven and earth so that it can be one voice. When all things are brought together under the anointed royal rule, we stand to inherit even more. As his heirs, we are predestined to play a key role in his unfolding purpose that is energizing everything to conform to his will. See, you are important to his will. It's not a mystery. You got to want to know it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh. Look at Colossians 1.26. Oh, you're going to love this one. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. Here's the mystery that everybody's been trying to mess up. Look at verse 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is the anointing is in you. And why did the Holy Spirit come? So you can do what? Dominate. Take territory for the kingdom. Push against the kingdom of darkness. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. The anointing is in you now. Jesus restored the anointing and gave us back our dominion. Now that anointing is in you to dominate, to dominate, to dominate. Make me think about my walkers, that I gave them one word, and it was what? Dominate. Did they win? Absolutely. They understood when I say dominate. That means pick the pace up. Take the territory. The signal has gone out. Dominate this earth. Get it back right. I've given you authority over this earth. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to let the sinners keep right on ruling while you are here? The church hasn't left the earth yet. So as long as we are in the earth, we are supposed to control. Mm. Woo. Here's a question. So what did man lose? Dominion. Absolutely. Now the concept of, I'm getting ready to close. The concept of dominion has to do with government. Said dominion has to do with government. I say it again. Dominion has to do with government. The Hebrew word for dominion used in Genesis 1.26 means to govern, to rule, to control. It also means to master and have authority over. Ultimately, it means to lead. 
the church got to come out of second position and began to lead. Cause we were, that's why you're unhappy about things. Because in you is a leader. You were designed to govern. You were designed to rule this earth. And the earth is waiting, according to the scripture, for the sons, for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is waiting on you to give them a Bible command. Be fruitful. Trees, you will not die. Earth, you will live again. Earth, you will be unto God pleasing again. Because the church, the kingdom is here. And is in me. And everything around me got to live if I command it to live. If I say die, you're going to die. That's the dominion I have. And because I understand my dominion, I prosper. I walk in health. I don't struggle to be well because I have dominion. And I already know that according to the constitution of the kingdom, it's mine by inheritance. I don't have to ask God to heal me. He already did it. I don't have to ask him to prosper me. He already did it. It's in the constitution. I have to exercise dominion and it will come. Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek ye the kingdom first. And his way of doing things. Get the government as your priority. The government of the kingdom. And he said all these things. We'll be added unto you. You ain't got to go begging for a piece of bread. You ain't got to spend six hours in prayer. To get your rent paid. Or your mortgage paid. No you don't. It's erroneous. We have lived out of order so long. And I'm here to tell you. You're a king on the inside. Rise up and dominate. Stop settling for what the world said you got to have. Because I'm a leader. You need to say I'm a leader. And don't get for me. Don't, don't expect people to understand when you lead. Who cares? They're not going to understand you when you start leading. You might lose a few people because your dominion is just flowing. And the more you flow in it, uh, you know, some people are going to fall by the wayside because they're not ready for you yet. And it's all right. Don't you lay down your dominion to get along with somebody. Mm. So when God created you and I, his children, his intent for us was to be a governor, a ruler, a controller, a master, an authority, a leader over this planet. And no matter what the devil does, we have authority over it. We need to begin to take dominion and authority over the weather. Because do you know the demons are disrupting these things? And if you're not careful, you'll start propagating what the word says. Oh, we in hurricane season. Find that in the Bible. They're being disrupted because of that second heaven. Commands are being sent. Because the church... Been sleeping. Just like Adam gave up his dominion, we've been giving ours up. After being blood washed, and Jesus came and gave us all that power back, we lay down on it. And we say everything the world say. Oh, it's hurricane season. Take dominion over it. When the wind started blowing the other day, and they, they, you know, because I live near the water, they send, they must have called my phone 15, 20 times. Uh, you in a flood zone. I ain't in no flood zone. I'm protected. Now, I got good sense. I'm not, I'm not careless. But I'm not going to listen to that. I'm listening for the inward witness. If I need to leave my house, I got an inward witness to tell me get up and go. 
I didn't get any warning signals. So you know what I did? I got in my recliner stick, took that little remote, put me some teaching on, and kept right on getting up. And when they kept calling, I just went answer. I didn't need to hear that message 20 times. How many times do you need to listen to the news? Didn't they tell you the first time that the hurricane was coming? See, the more you hear it, the deeper it becomes in you. And it weakens your faith. I don't listen to that stuff like that. I got an inward with But see, you're not used to depending on the Holy Spirit. I understand. You're used to depending on the news. We've become very efficient at depending on the news and not the Holy Spirit. Wake up. Because in your house, you can dominate the weather. You can tell the rain to stop. If he did it for Moses, you mean you're not better, you're worse than Moses? Moses wasn't even born again. He just obeyed God. (laughs) You don't have an excuse. Woo, hallelujah. Did you learn anything this morning? So next week, we're going to talk about the kingdom and the church. Because the heavens, according to Psalms 115, verse 16, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. That's what the words say. Now, it's either right or it's wrong. If he's giving me the earth, that means I got I got dominion over. I got authority. I got some say so. Say I got some say so about what goes on in this earth. Come on, say I got some say so about what goes on in the earth. Say it again and convince yourself. I got some say so about what goes on in the earth. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 